0: Welcome to the Kenza pod brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. All right. Today on the Kenza Pod, we are talking to Candace Elliott, a community minded human resources strategist. Who works with business leaders to develop management systems based on their unique worldview? I'm so curious to dig into that sentence there. Um, this is part of our "So You Want to Be a" podcast series where we talk to people who are in independent careers that are maybe lesser known. So things like, um, you know, being a real estate agent. What does that look like to be a real estate agent as a parent or being an HR consultant? What does that look like? How does how does someone become that? Um, being a copywriter, we have all kinds of things. So check out the um, our show notes and we'll link to that category on our website to see if there's any other episodes that you might want to explore um, as you uh, embark on this wonderful journey of working for yourself. So today we're gonna be talking to Candice about what it's like to be an HR consultant, how she finds clients, why she went out on her own in the first place, what her sort of day-to-day looks like, And she is preparing her business because she is pregnant and uh, will be having a baby in the next couple of months here. And so we're gonna be talking about what she's done to get prepared for that as her first child and what she thinks business might look like afterwards. Um, Candace works with her students in her holistic HR incubation program, and she also works one-on-one with students. So we're gonna be talking about those different programs and why she put those together and what those look like. She's also a certified senior professional in human resources and specializes in California labor law. So welcome to the show, Candace. Thank you. It is so nice to be here. And welcome, Beth. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy
1: to see Candice here today. And um, I just want to echo what Tiffany was saying. I'm I mean, what it what an interesting uh Uh, job to do being an HR consultant. And also we are here as always to give you an overview of things you might try so that we can save you time and hassle.
0: That's right. And help you to follow your curiosity is another thing that we like to encourage people to do. That's right. So with that, Candice, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and sort of your career trajectory up until now and get us to that moment where you decided that it was time to sort of take the leap into working for yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, happy to. So my career path started um, quite a while ago when I started working. I was 15 years old and I worked in food service. And I did that through high school, and when I transferred to college, um, I did that work there as well. I studied anthropology and philosophy at the at San Francisco State University, um, and while I was there, I also was an archaeology intern. I worked at the Park Presidio. I spent six months working in the Middle East as an archaeologist, and um, like just digging. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, and then when I was graduating college, I was really having trouble figuring out what it would look like to transition into the world of, of working full-time, um, <laughs> <laughs> as I think happens for a lot of people. Um, so I I have this idea that having a credential, um of teaching English as a second language would be a good path for me because I loved traveling and I wanted to be able to work internationally if um that if I you know decided to live in abroad um And so during my last semester of college, I got that credential. And then I went on to teach in San Francisco. And I actually graduated college right in the middle of the recession in 2008. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And San Francisco, over the course of that year, just became a place that I knew that I didn't want to be anymore. It wasn't the right fit for me. I wanted to be outside of a city. I wanted to have more space around me. I didn't want it to take like an hour for me to go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> um, so I decided to save up what I thought was a ton of money, $5,000 <laughs> and travel around the country and work odd jobs. And, um, I camped pretty much everywhere I went and um, lived in my car, and I spent time in Oregon and Montana and Arkansas, and I sort of ended my journey in Florida. And that wasn't the plan. The idea was to go all the way around the U.S. and come back to California. But I, I kind of got stuck in Florida in the winter. <laughs> and this was the winter where it was so cold that it froze all the oranges on the trees. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I was in Florida. My aunt lived nearby. And she helped me find a place where I could live. And it was like this boat shed that was right next to some train tracks. and <laughs> oh, Pretty funny part of life.
0: I did not uh, see all of this coming, by the way.
2: I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> what a story.
0: I'm like, screw the so you wanna be at Let's I have a million questions about just that. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Go on. Exactly. Go
2: on. exactly. <laughs> when I was on this journey, like part of what came out was like, who are we as Americans? Like what what do we care about wherever we are in this country and what's what's important to us and as we're in this recession, what do we focus on? Um so I'm in Florida, and I, and I somehow got a job uh, tutoring, um, and I was in a program that was funded by the No Child Left Behind Act, and we were doing math and and reading with elementary school students, um, but it was only part time, and it wasn't really like fulfilling all of what I wanted. And I um, ended up starting my first business when I was there in Florida with my business partner. um, And it was a travel company. And, you know, I had this love of travel. I've been traveling for the past year. And I had always wanted to own my own business. And I had this opportunity to sort of reimagine a business with this partner who I had who had been running something similar for the past 10 years or so. Um, so I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) and (laughs) had to figure out how to, you know, file articles of incorporation and decide, you know, what kind of a business type it should be. And, um, let's see, like design marketing materials. And we did old fashioned mailers because the tours that we did were for 55 and over communities for the snowbirds. Mm -hmm. And we took them to Key West and New Orleans and Savannah um, and a couple other places in Florida. Um, And I ran that business with my partner there for about three years before I decided that I wanted to come back to California.
0: So you were like tour guides for snowbirds, is that around Florida?
2: Yeah, so what I was doing was like all (laughs) in the office, I was like coordinating buses and their itineraries and mm-hmm. talking with these group leaders who were putting together groups of like 50 to 100 people and um, reserving all of their hotel rooms and making sure that you know all of the operations were running the way they were supposed to and I learned how to do accounting through this whole thing. It was my first time of ever using QuickBooks. <laughs> um, and I, Welcome friend. Yeah, <laughs> I I took a course that it kind of helped and it was pretty simple. (laughs) It was like, you know, cash in, cash out. So I I kind of figured it out. We didn't have much of a payroll, so it wasn't that confusing. But (laughs) uh, I went through the whole process of registering as a seller of travel with a state and getting a, a seller, oh, a bond that we needed to have in order to get that license and, um So when I came back to California, I decided that I wanted to go back to school um, and I wanted to go to school um, for an aspect of business, but I wasn't sure which one I wanted. Like I wanted to get a master's degree, um, but I took about a year to think about what that would look like. Like, Did I want to go into more of a marketing and advertising zone? Did I want to be more finance or... um, or human resources. And what came out of that was really human resources as the focus because of my, um, my love for community building and culture. And, um, I mean, one of the things that I find so interesting is that we spend most of our lives working and at work, like spend even more time with our colleagues than we do sometimes with our families. And so the work environment has such an impact on um, who we become and our ideas and um, just our whole lives. And um, so I I applied for and got into Penn State's uh, program in human resources and labor relations. And I also got my very first job in human resources with the Glass Jar Restaurant Group. And that's a farm-to-table restaurant group that's here in Santa Cruz. Um, And it's run by Kendra Baker and Zach Davis, who are, to this day, I think some of the most amazing small business owners that I've ever met. Um, And they have... Well, let's see, at the time, we had, I think, four different concepts that we were running. So there's an ice cream shop that's called the Penny Ice Creamery that had two uh-huh. locations. There's a yummy. Cafe. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great places. Um, yeah. And that that
1: restaurant that was on Pacific, um, and it closed, unfortunately, I forget what the name of it was, but I
2: loved that one, too. Yeah, um, assembly right exactly. oh, yeah and then place. they had a cafe called the picnic basket and oh, yeah, that's still there down by the boardwalk so good the breakfast for you yeah. are amazing when i was in my first trimester i was like down there every day eating the food <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> so i worked with them for five years on so i built out all of their hr systems based off of the best practices that i was learning in school and I got so much practical experience on the ground of doing, you know, hiring and responding to employee complaints and, um, you know, doing terminations. I did a layoff at one point and um, handling worker compensation claims and all of these these things you know as minimum wage was increasing planning for that increase and you know projecting what that would do to our payroll and reporting Mm -hmm. on that and um and i there was a really amazing synergy between the school work that i was doing and the work that i was doing for the glass jar um and then in 2018 i got to a point where i I'd been with a glass jar for almost five years, and I just felt this calling to do that that work and provide that advising and counseling to more businesses than just the one that I was working in. Um, And it was a really... Tough transition. Like there was a lot of soul searching <laughs> that went into it. Yeah, um, I am also an artist, and I do ceramic arts. And I went up to Mendocino uh, to the art center there, and did a wood firing workshop, which is a really cool thing. It's like, you have this kiln and it's outside and you're like chopping wood and you have this fire going for days and you put work Ooh. in and the atmosphere of the kiln makes the pieces what they become. Anyway. Um, cool. So I was there, you know, having that experience and then also really thinking about what I wanted my life to look like after leaving the glass jar. And this, you know, business that I wanted to create. Um, so that is the winding sort of career path that led me to making the decision of of starting this company that I have now, Fortress and Flourish. Yeah. So what does that name mean? Yeah. Okay. So as <laughs> I was up in Mendocino. I was like, what am I going to call this thing? Like, And so what came to me was the idea of, so the Fortress is... All of the systems that we create that protect the business and as a business owner with employees, there, there's so much risk that can be involved in that, right? If you don't have sort of set and standardized and compliant ways of doing things with your employees, ways of managing them, then you can get yourself into, into trouble and have liability, like financial liability and things. Um, so that's the first part is like making sure that you have your protection around you so that you're making really solid decisions with your employees and you have good reasons for why and then the flourish part comes from um once you have that in place, then it really allows you to grow and to grow culture and to really look at you know um what it is that you want to bring into the world and and building those systems around your values is really where there um, is a lot of, of good work to do, I think. Um, and that's what really inspires me. And so the logo comes from these two ideas. The fortress is um, the square of my logo, which was the idea was that it was a kiln brick. <laughs> and then the flower is a lotus. And I was born in Los Angeles and grew up in the early part of my life in Echo Park and there are a lot of lotus flowers in the lake there. And so that's where that comes into play.
0: <laughs> I love so that. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that background. I think there's a couple of kind of nuggets in there, things that you did that, that I think are worth sort of calling out. One of them I noticed that you talked a lot about how you sort of took the time to think about things, you know, you, you, you were simultaneously following your curiosity by traveling around and, you know, um, starting the the travel business and things like that. But when it came to making these various leaps, like going back to school or quitting and and starting Fortress and Flourish, like you really took some time to do some introspection and were really um, intentional about what that next move was gonna be. Um, And I think that that's really just important to call out. I think think that, that's a very wise thing to do. And it doesn't have to take a long time. You know, like you said, you went up for a weekend in Mendocino and, but you know, it is important to really think about and go into this intentionally of why am I going to quit my job and go do this? What am I trying to build here? And not get too hung up on like the, the logistics of like, what exact, what exact services am I going to offer? Like all the logistics of like, what am I going to be an LLC? Or how do I pay taxes? Like all that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff you can look up. You can ask people, you can come to us, you can figure it out. But it's that deeper, like, why am I doing this that only you can answer. And when you have that so firmly established going into something like starting your own business, that's what carries you through The tough times and carries you through the like pivot points, and you know, going back to that why, oh, I'm doing it because I want to be there for my kid, I'm doing it because I want to help more companies, I think that they could benefit, or whatever it is, or all of those things. So, I think that that was really, you know, probably was a big deal, you know, a big, a big reason why you've been successful in what you're doing. So good job.
1: (laughs) Well, it also, it it supports your values, right? So you decide what your values are, and then you create a business that supports that, which is, it's hard to get tired of that kind of business, you know, (laughs) because you're like, "Mm, I like what I'm doing, because I like how I'm helping people. So there's a lot of, you know, you're, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. I know I've gotten a lot of mileage out of doing the kind of consulting I do because I don't get sick of it. Mm-hmm. You know, It's always fun because it's supporting a vision of the
2: world that I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. And and I, love I love working in many different kinds of industries, too. It's yeah. so... You know the the work, the best practices of HR apply across all different kinds of work environments, and so being able to work in all these different places is awesome. Yeah, when, and you learn a I, lot
0: too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> when I was starting to feel like it wasn't the right fit anymore to be to be working for someone else, I started um I started a journal and I started writing down what I was doing with my days. And what was fitting and what wasn't fitting. Hmm. And also in that journal, there are so many quotes that I was finding around that time that were just really inspirational to me from books that i would read in the past or things that were coming up just in my life. And I wrote all of those in there. And then I went, I was in Mendocino, one of the things that I did was write a business plan. Mm. which now is totally different from what it looked like (laughs) in the beginning. (laughs) I didn't even answer the section of services because I didn't know how to make my services at that time. (laughs) Um, But I wrote in there like these quotes that were really meaningful to me. And then I also, you know, put in who I was and why I why I was a good person for this and what I cared about. Um, And that's something that I keep going back to and updating and changing. And it's definitely a living document. And I remember someone telling me when I was doing it, they were like, you know, real business owners don't write business plans like that anymore. You shouldn't ever tell an investor that you did something like that. But for me, it was a really important process. And it's a really important living document. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. We, we did an episode called the freelancers business plan where we, we do, we, we approach it like that. You know, it's maybe not the standard business plan that an investor would want to see, or, you know, how is this going to make money or all of those? It's more of what you were talking about, sort of the touchy feely side and, and also the research side. So like the touchy feely, why do you want to do this? What are you trying to create? And also let's get a little bit real here. Do your research, do your homework. Is this a thing? Could this be a thing? How tough is the competition? Just understanding what's out there in the landscape. Um, but it is important. Whoever that person was, they're silly. It is important to go <laughs> through that exercise and make it whatever you want it to be, you know, because it just forces you to think through things and to just feel more confident in your decision-making process. Or in some people's cases, like being able to present that to your partner or your spouse and say, like, I thought through this here, are my thoughts, like, you know, uh, you know, here here's how I think we can move forward. <laughs> it can be helpful too that conversation.
2: Yeah, and I had so much support from my family too as I was doing this. My, I mean, my mom is a business owner. My dad's a business owner. My grandpa was. It's like something that runs in our family. So it wasn't ever something where you know they felt like it wasn't possible to do, or there wasn't a market out there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that kept me from moving forward, um, sooner than I did was just a lot of fears. You know, I was like, what if it doesn't work and I can't like fix my car if it breaks or, you yeah. know, what if I, what if the community doesn't support this and this isn't something that people care about or want or you know, there, there were so many different fears and it really helped to name what all of those were and to look at them and to kind of separate myself from them in order to give it a shot. Mm I
0: love that. Name them and then just let them sit there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it's good on those ones to get a second opinion from somebody else who can Mm -hmm. say, you know, that's no, that's not going to be a concern or whatever, you know, just some other, because we, we get inside our own heads. And, you know, sometimes it's
2: good for outside feedback, too. Yeah, yeah. And when I so I made this decision, and I I built kind of what I thought it was going to look like. And then um, I left my position with the glass jar, and they became my first client. So I Mm, trained the person who was replacing me. Um, And then also, at the same time, I, it was Just an amazing coincidence that I got an offer from the city of Santa Cruz in the economic development department um, to work for Bonnie Lipscomb as the downtown liaison, um, which was such an amazing, it was, you know, part-time, so I could work with clients and I could also work with the city. And I was introduced to so many business owners and community leaders through my work there and um, that really you know when the time came to leave that position was so amazing to have that that support.
0: Mm, wow that's really great what a great yeah serendipitous moment. Yeah, yeah. So I
2: worked with them for until the middle of 2020 and um, around the time that the coronavirus happened and there were so many needs from our local small business and nonprofit community that were coming in that were related to like, how do I, how do I keep my stuff? If I need to lay off my stuff, how do I do that? If people are sick, how do I process a medical leave? I've never done that before. And um, Mm -hmm. so that the work of my business just Exploded, So I wasn't able to continue with the city anymore. And I transitioned fully into the Fortress and Flourish work.
0: You know, that's another good point that Beth brings up a lot around, you know, this is not when you're thinking about taking this leap, this is not an all or nothing situation. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to just quit your job and focus 100 percent on trying to get clients to do this thing. Go get a part-time job. Go work as a, a waitress serving breakfast uh, three days a week to bring in that steady income. Or you know, Beth used to help her friend out with catering gigs. Like you don't have yeah. to just j- dive right in and think like this is the only way I'm going to make money. You can piece things together. We we have a so you want to be a episode with a real estate agent. He keeps his job at Trader Joe's, has this steady schedule where he comes in and does this one specific type of task on these certain mornings. It's a nice little paycheck that comes in that gets them health care and benefits. And then on and the rest of his time, he's a real estate agent. And that has worked really well for his family for years. Even though his real estate agent business is starting to do really, really well, and he's busy, that's still like his nice, steady little income stream. So it's just a nice, we always like to remind people of our these little things of like, you don't have to just dive right in, you know, you can piece things together. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. you don't go right out of a job necessarily and right into the same level in your company mm-hmm. right away probably. I mean, but what you did was smart, which is you took you took your your employer with you as a customer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way. That's how I started to well, I took something like that 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 could tide you over for some period of time, right? Mm-hmm. And then um
2: you know, walk kind of edge away from there. Right. But you've
1: still got this great experience.
2: And so. we continue to work together to this day too. So that's wonderful to be able to take that relationship and carry it forward and and provide them, yeah. you know, support above and beyond the level of experience that the person that I trained has. So, yeah. 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 I think that uh, in the beginning, it's so interesting. The way that I defined the value of my work was really based on what I had been doing when I was paid by someone else. And, um, mm. and, and then, So I think I started out charging like $30 an hour or something like that. Um, And as time progressed and more work started coming my way and I wasn't able to fit all of it into my schedule anymore, I would reassess what I was charging and the way that I was offering my services. And a big step that happened last year was to start to packages of things for my clients and being better able to describe what it was what it is that I do. Because for me, in the beginning, I was really focused on this language of human resources and what I had learned in school. And that's not necessarily what, you know, people don't necessarily identify with that. Like if I'm talking about a compensation structure or analysis or benefits, like these words are, are not really like they don't have as much meaning for my clients maybe as they have for me (laughs) um (laughs) so I was able to start designing and naming things in a way that people could recognize them more and that made a really big difference in the amount of work that um that actually became work I had a lot more of my proposals come back as work
0: yeah it sounds like maybe what you did was instead of leading with like the services you offer leading with the outcomes that your clients are going to get when they work with you so that they can see themselves being like oh this is all the value I'm going to get this this and this and this doesn't really it's not that it doesn't matter how you're going to do it but it's it's so that they can understand oh I'm going to have a much you know much smoother hiring process That's going to go from 10 days to two days or whatever it is you know showing those outcomes is that something that you are sort of focusing on
2: Yeah, and I more clearly defined my process with new clients. So I start off with a call where I'm understanding what it is that they need, you know, whether it's just an employee handbook maybe to start, or um, they want their managers trained on, you know, how to deal with the HR things that come along with being a manager, um, or they want ongoing support on larger projects. And then I come back to them with a proposal. And part of what I did last year was make my proposal look really nice (laughs) and um, be something that people wanted to read. Prior to that, it was just like this document that had a lot of words in it and wasn't that I don't think it was that interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, to set up our regular check-in times and to just be really clear about the work that's happening and, and when it's going to be getting to them and being really responsive to what their needs are, Um And then also recognizing when it's time for us to be done and you know, to move on and um, to continue to be available to them, but to kind of let them run with things um, because I really have the heart of a teacher. And what I want is for my clients to eventually not need me (laughs) and for them to be able to do things on their own and then to be able to continue to work with all these different new organizations.
0: So let's talk about, let's get sort of practical here. I want to dive into, I want to understand how much you work right now. So basically maybe how many hours a week on average you work and sort of what your day to day looks like as you interact with clients and and students of your, of the holistic HR incubation program.
2: Yeah. So. Right now, I'm in the process of tapering off my work to be able to have a maternity leave, Mm -hmm. which is something that was really important to me. Um, And part of the reason that I started my own business was to be able to have control over my own schedule and life um, and to be able to make decisions like that, to take four months off um, and not have the pressure of an external organization needing me to be back. Um, so let's see if I'm really realistic about it, I probably work about 50 hours a week normally. Um, and that is when I am like totally at capacity. There's no way that I can take on any more clients. Like that's maxed out. And the reason that I've been at that level of work for, um, the past, you know, number of months is because I've been saving to be able to take time away from work. Um, so I have three, usually at any time, three to four clients that are on a monthly retainer. And I have two different levels of this retainer um, that are sort of based on the number of hours of work that I'm doing for them and the number of times that we need to meet. So one of those clients, we get together twice a week and they have a lot of ongoing projects and they're building a lot of systems right now um, and moving into implementing those systems. They have a lot of managers that need training and so they're sort of in one category. Um, Another one of them, we're meeting every other week um, and there are two managers in that organization um, and... We're just moving at a little bit of a slower pace with them, and and so that's a different level of retainer that I have. Um, I have also probably four to five clients that are on a monthly check-in, um, coaching type of um, offering that I have, which is called Back Pocket HR, um, and this is for companies that have needs that come up, you know, once a month, or they have questions. And, and um, so we check in, and I answer anything that's going on, and I provide them with guidance, the um, as they need it there. And, um, and then outside of that, I, I rarely do hourly work, but sometimes it comes my way with former clients, and um, who need help with, you know, if there's a, a claim of discrimination that happened or harassment or um, you know, they just have a difficult situation with an employee that they want to talk through and, and we'll do that. So hmm. every day looks different for me. Will <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Calendar is my savior <laughs> and also for yeah. like, you know, making appointments that changed my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so as I sort of, as I'm transitioning into this maternity leave, I started talking about it with all of my clients really early on. And um, after I got through the first trimester and was into the second trimester, and I was like really excited about having a baby, um, I just told everybody and because they were like, what's going on in your life? And I like, told them.
0: <laughs>
2: just um, a human in my body. No big deal. Yeah.
0: No <laughs> big deal. It's <laughs> fine. <that> going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He's at the point now where like his foot will like get up on my like side of my stomach and like yeah. yeah. He has to do it used to be
0: (laughs) and you're gonna get bigger even though you don't believe that you can get bigger you're actually still gonna get a lot bigger
2: right I'm like like 32 (laughs) weeks right now and I don't know how my body can get bigger but I know that that's gonna happen
0: (laughs) I remember being at that point thinking that exact same thing and a friend of mine who had already had a couple of kids I like physically remember her holding her hand like Three inches out from where my belly was, and her being like, "It's gonna be out here," and I'm like, "No way!" She's like, "Yeah, girl, it's gonna get much bigger now," and I'm like, (laughs) and it did. I'm like,
1: "Oh, really?"
2: (laughs) My belly button is not an Audi yet, but I think it
1: will get. Oh gosh! Oh
2: wow!
0: So, what are some of the steps you 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 started telling them that you were you're pregnant and and you know, how was that received? Did you have to, did anybody kind of act weird about it? Like sort of selfish, like, Oh God, we're going to lose her. Or how was that experience for you?
2: I really, they were all so supportive. They were really excited for me. I think now that we're getting closer to when I'm actually going to be taking time away that it's, um, it's good that I've been really communicative about what will happen during this yeah. time away.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, and what won't, I that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what won't happen.
2: Yeah. I think that yeah. there are worries that are coming up now that definitely weren't there in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I decided my plan was, so we're in the end of April. Now my plan was to stop um sending out new proposals to clients in March. Um, and then I was bad at that. <laughs> 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 because people are like, I need help. And I'm like, I want to help you. And, you know, you're... you know your nonprofit's amazing or your small business is amazing and i want to support you so i wasn't good at doing that in march (laughs) (laughs) um in april i got better there was a point i think uh, it was like end of march beginning of april where i was like my brain just could not focus in the same way that it was focusing before and i realized that i needed more time for I don't know, like non-logical
0: time in my day.
2: Yeah. Um, For preparing
0: yourself that you're about to like go through the biggest transformation ever.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I needed time to walk on the beach and like yeah. just, you know, have 20 different things that little projects at home that I totally forgot that I started <laughs> to finish. Yeah. Um, So I pulled my Calendly link off of my email so people couldn't just schedule appointments with me anymore. Um, And I stopped doing any meetings with people before 10 a.m. That was sort of my my time where I was like, okay, I can get my brain into working mode by 10. (laughs) Like I know (laughs) sometimes it won't happen earlier. Um, And then I was just really careful with what I was scheduling throughout my days and weeks. And um, I will, like, work all the way through a weekend if I'm really, you know, need to get a project done or I'm really excited about it. And I made sure that I wasn't scheduling anything on my weekends. Um, So those were big steps for me that happened last month.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good. I'm I'm glad that you did that because, you know prioritizing your, your family and your mental and physical health is, is something you're going to have to get used to, you know, more after you have a baby. <clears throat> and so it's good yeah. to maybe start practicing that now. So good for you for, you know, taking those steps and, and paying attention to your what your body was telling you.
2: Yeah, thank you. And then the, the other thing that I did last month or this month, excuse me, earlier this month, um, was I sent an email to all of my current clients that I have, I'm working with on a monthly basis to just, you know, remind them that, uh, June 1st through the end of September, I'm not going to be, you know, um, having any clients on retainer. Um, And for any clients that I had worked with previously, I sent a similar email to just let them know what was going on. Um, And it's so funny. Once I sent those, they were like, oh, I have this little thing. Could you help me with it now? So there were a bunch (laughs) of little, you know, sort of (laughs) follow-ups that came out of that, which was really funny.
0: (laughs) That is funny. Um, That's good. Helps you just build up that cash reserve even more, which is probably a nice feeling.
2: Yeah, yeah and and one of the the projects that I took on that I, you know, during this time that I wasn't going to is a recruitment for the Santa Cruz County Business Council executive director um mm. which is a big project and it's a really fun project and interesting to interview all of these different people and um be able to help, you know, find this important person for our community. So um Hmm. Yeah. And then so the way that I decided to deal with the summer time is that I told all of my clients like I'm going to check my email once a week because I feel that that is something that I can do Um, and that I will respond to them as my time and this little baby allow Um, (sighs) and that they're important to me and that I may not get back to them right away, but I will get back to them as I can. Um, hmm. and that I'm really excited to get back to work in October.
0: So. <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah. So that, I think, allays a little bit of the fears. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it covers all the bases and it uh, helps them manage their expectations, right? Yeah. yeah. So you aren't gone forever, but you're gone for a certain number of months, you think, right now. And if that changed, you could always get back in touch and say that changed, but they're Paying attention, so it's that's good.
2: Yeah, they don't know what kind of baby I'm gonna have, right? Like, is he gonna be right. up all the time, and like, it, you know, it or is he gonna be really chill? Like, nobody knows what he's gonna be like. So.
0: <laughs> well, and also not just the baby, you know how how are you going to adjust? And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we think we. I remember thinking how I thought I was going to be after having a baby and it had nothing to do with how my baby's temperament was or wasn't just,
2: um,
0: it was different. It was very different. And, um, so, you know, you just have to be careful with yourself too, because you might never want to go back, you know? Um, or you may go back after two months, you just never know. So I'm glad that you're sort of setting things up in a way where you can have that flexibility and and have the freedom to explore who you are post baby, you know, and what you want.
2: Yeah. I process, I help companies do a lot of maternity leaves and so have talked with a lot of women through this process of, Mm. you know, approaching the time away from work and then what it looks like when the baby is born and then what it looks like to bring, themselves back to work and yeah. it, in most of the situations that I've been involved in, it really seems like four months is an important period of time to have a yeah, um, And that to come back before then can be really, it, it's more, um, it, it for me it wasn't something that I wanted to have to do, you yeah. know, to have to start having meetings with clients in that three month period just seemed really early for me. Yeah, Um, totally.
0: So it sounds like just to sort of recap your, your journey. And again, just talking to um, our listeners out there who might be curious about a path like this is that, you know, when you first got started and then how you are now, what you offer now, you've sort of reevaluated over time. You've gotten clients in, done some, some work with them, figured out you could package certain things, figured out that there were needs that clients had that maybe you just didn't even know existed when you first got started and continued to pivot and pivot and pivot. And I think, again, just we try to pull out these little nuggets of wisdom. And and that's kind of a recurring theme is that, you know, you're not going to have it all figured out when you jump in, you're going to have a first iteration figured out, and you're going to try that out. And you're going to pivot and change and pivot and change. And it's going to be a really interesting path and you just don't know what that path's going to look like. And that's kind of the fun and exciting part about working for yourself and continuing to follow, just follow your curiosity and follow, you know, your values and why you're doing this and all of those good things. Um, so I have two, two more questions before we wrap up here. Um, number one is does someone need to have any sort of legal like license or credentials or education or anything like that? to go down this path of helping, helping companies like this?
2: So my background is that I have a master's in human resources and labor relations, and I'm certified as a senior professional in human resources. And that has been really, those two things have been very beneficial for me okay. because I have learned a lot about labor laws um, so especially in california there are it's one of the most complex systems of labor laws in the entire world um, oh, and so, <laughs> so having a really solid background in what all of those laws are and how they apply in the workplace is very important and you can get that through education you can also get that in the workplace, and I think that the best is when you combine the two. I think something that's really important in the work that I do is to recognize where my expertise lies and where it is important to bring in outside experts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes that is an attorney, sometimes it's a CPA, and it kind of depends on the situation. There, there are situations with employees where up to a certain point, you know, you follow the best practices and then the law becomes involved and then you really need someone else to help. So right. if you're going to do this work um, without a master's or without a credential or with your own experience, it's important to understand what your limitations are based off of your knowledge base and then to know when to bring in someone else to help when to refer your client out.
0: Do you have any good resources like websites or anything like that, that maybe I can hit you up after the recording, but where people could go to just start to explore or where you find good help or, you know, people that you can, um, like if you're looking for a specific type of lawyer, those types of things.
2: Yeah, definitely. I have uh, a law firm that I work with is Baskin and Fowler, um, mm-hmm. and Caleb Baskin and Rebecca Fowler. Oh, I think yeah. are
1: mm-hmm.
2: wonderful um, people <laughs> and also excellent mm-hmm. attorneys um, and have really provided me and my clients with excellent guidance um, over the years, um, and my, when there are financial things, I mean... Obviously, Elizabeth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the go to. Yeah,
2: my CPA is uh, Conrad Seals with Pacific Accounting and Tax. um, And he's just amazing, also. Um awesome. I get a lot of information also from Hopkins and Carly. They're a law firm over in Santa Clara, and they have mm-hmm. a really great newsletter and they do trainings um, oh, and okay. probably every month and they do things that are um like they've been especially responsive to coronavirus. They're doing a training soon that's about bringing employees back to work um So I recommend them. I try to aggregate all the information that I get from all of these different newsletters into my newsletter that I send out once a month. Um, So that goes out to the community.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. Okay.
2: We haven't even touched on this, but I have a course that I built last year that's called um, HR Building Blocks. And it Mm. focuses on like these seven different... Um, focus areas of human resources. And it's a self-paced course um, that people can take. And it has like lots of templates and videos and best practices and explains a lot of the in-depth kind of things about human resources for small business owners.
0: So the course is geared towards a small business owner, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah Cool. Exactly. Awesome. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. That's, that's a great resource.
1: Yeah, so is that fortressandflourish.com? Mm-hmm. Is that where pe- folks would go and we'll ha- we'll link
0: in the show notes. Yeah.
1: So, that's awesome. Thank you.
0: Before we hop off, is there any last um words of wisdom that you might want to share with someone who has listened to this episode and thought, "Hmm, this is pretty interesting. I, I might explore this." Any anything you want to say to that person right now?
2: Yeah, I think um Let's see. I think that if you're considering going off and working for yourself, that it is definitely, I mean, for me, it was a calling. It was like something that was in my heart that I, that built up that I couldn't ignore. And then at a certain point, it just was time to do it. And I think, you know, to just return to some of the themes of you know, looking into yourself and what's important to you, and what you really want to bring into the world, whether that's you know in the world of consulting, or if you want to open a restaurant, or if you want to um, you know build things and have a construction company, or whatever it is, um, to to take that time and think about what you want to bring into the world. And then to bring in people to help you along the way um, in the areas where you you know you need help. (laughs) And more and more areas for me have come up over the years, (laughs) like areas where Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I didn't know things. Um, (laughs) And also, I just want to encourage you because it it is um, a big leap and it's a scary thing. Um, And I wish you all the best success.
0: Aw. I love that. That's great. That's great. Well, this has been so amazing, Candace. I know we all need to hop off now, but please um, go follow Fortress and Flourish uh, on all on Instagram and Facebook. And then her website is fortressandflourish.com. And of course, all this will be linked in the show notes for you. Candace, thank you for sharing your story and um, for you. just sharing such a great inspiration and we we'll, we look forward to following you on your journey and meeting your new baby boy when he arrives in the world
2: well, thank you yeah. for having me I've, I've loved this experience so much thank
0: you oh. <laughs>
2: all right yes. take care thanks, <laughs>